our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. What's going on, No Bad Dog Army? This is an excellent, excellent podcast, and I break down exactly how to dismantle a extremely leash-reactive dog, leash-aggressive dog. Uh, this individual, unfortunately, it sounds like went to a dog training camp that, uh, let's just say, didn't work out for them. Uh, and if you listen to the whole podcast, obviously you'll hear why these things didn't work, and also just my opinion on how it was introduced could definitely be detriment to this dog and potentially your dog at home. So make sure you guys listen to the whole thing. It's definitely uh, an amazing podcast. I got all my podcast uh, equipment figured out here, so we're back to the regular schedule. I'm coming over to Australia in November to do a dog training seminar in Melbourne and also in uh, Central Coast, right outside of Sydney. We're very excited to come over. I'm coming over with my friend Forrest Mickey. Um, The Central Coast seminar is sold out for working spots, but there's audit tickets available where you guys can come and watch. We're going to be hanging out after. We're going to come all that way. We're going to hang out with you guys as much as we can, hang out, uh, have a fire after, and just talk dogs and really get to know you guys. Uh, And then same thing with Melbourne. Uh, There's, I think, four working spot tickets left where you actually bring your dog. Um, We're two and a half months out, so plenty of time if you guys want to sign up the link is in the description below and london i am coming next weekend there's still work for the first time working spots available a couple left and there's audit spots where you can come and watch I'm also very excited to always go back over to the UK uh, to hang out with you guys. My friend Will Atherton is going to be there and he's going to be doing some training with me alongside of me. Um, So all that is in this description below and the course that we talk about with the e-call. Everything's in the description. Uh, I don't have enough time tonight, guys. It's actually 9.15 p.m. I'm exhausted from working all day. I don't have time to do the podcast questions, but if you guys go over to the iTunes review chart and you have a specific question about your dog and your dog training and you want me to answer it, head over there now, leave us a review, and I'll answer it next time. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the podcast. London area, Australia, get your tickets in the link below. Can't wait to meet you guys. Um, so I have a um, stray pit bull um, female. Her name is May. Um, best guess is she's between two and three years old. Um, I got her just exactly pretty much a year ago. Um, she was literally a stray in my sister's neighborhood, so she didn't come through a shelter or anything like that. Um, she was clearly... Um, best guess is she was used for breeding and then dumped. Um, Mm -hmm. she was super underweight when I got her, um, and clearly hasn't been treated well. So she's pretty skittish. She's kind of afraid of men. Um, but she's an absolutely lovely dog with people and in the house, like no complaints. My biggest issue with her is extreme reactivity toward other dogs Um, the most intense is when we're in the car, I have a car harness for her that clips into the seatbelt. So she's in the back seat, but she, that's when she's like the most aggressive and like growling and barking, um, on walks. Sorry to interrupt. Is that to, is that to dogs and people? No, it's just to dogs. Um, like if a dog is walking by on a leash, that's the absolute worst. Like, God forbid, if we're at a stoplight and a dog walks in front of us, like it's, it's chaos. Um, out on walks, she has improved very slightly with the reactivity toward dogs. And I just do a lot of like crossing the street. Sometimes if there's no option, I just have to turn around and 
go back home, but it's, it builds, like she'll see a dog in the distance, she'll start walking and kind of pulling, um, and then it builds to lunging, not so much growling and barking anymore, but it's still like really bad. Um, and then in the house, I live in, if I live in an apartment on the second floor, so she can see out the window and randomly throughout the day and night, it's like she gets a whiff of a dog outside. She jumps up and starts to kind of cry and whine and then runs to the window. And sometimes that builds to barking at a dog out the window, but it's mostly like she's stressed. And um, I did a 10 session training package with a local um, training place here in Cleveland that's known for working with pit bulls. And they use e-collars and that was, the, the use of the e-collar was pretty successful in teaching her how to stop pulling and like using that as a correction to learn how to walk next to me. But what I found is it's not an option for a correction when she's freaking out about a dog. It It's almost like- You mean it doesn't work? It makes her more aggressive. I, I said to my mom, okay. it's like, to me, it feels like, you know, like some crazy MMA cage fighter. It's almost like smacking them in the face before they go in the ring. Like, that's what it feels like. Mm. It's like it ramps her up and makes her, like, if I try to correct when she's starting to get upset about a dog, it just makes her more aggressive. I tried a pet corrector, the like compressed air thing, which mm -hmm. scares her but it doesn't seem to be teaching her how yeah. to react differently. And what I realized through watching your videos is that the training sessions that I did with the police here were all correction. They were no um, treats. Like, I don't know how to incorporate treats into training. And when she's got that kind of seeing red thing about a dog, I, I feel like I could throw raw steak into her mouth and she, she wouldn't care. Like she stops paying attention to anything. And a couple of times when I've tried to give her a treat, like when she's had slightly less of a reaction, she practically like bites my hand off taking the treat, not because she's being aggressive toward me, but she's just so activated that she can't calm down. And then when we get away from a dog, she walks, you know, she kind of pulls a little bit. She's like walking quickly. She's out of breath. It takes some time for her to recover, which she does slightly more quickly, but she's just um, amped up. And I don't know mm -hmm. how to correct that and really like, and some people tell me she's a pit bull. It's never, you're never going to get her to be able to walk past other dogs or to stop. Um, the other thing, you know, she'll, she'll lunge like really quickly at a bunny or a squirrel and she gets like that prey thing. Um, sure. And the e-collar kind of works for corrections for that. But sometimes again, it just seems like it makes her more aggressive. Yeah. Um, what e-collar what e-collar are you using? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you now, I'll go get it. Is it circular? And, Is it like a circle? It's yeah, it goes it goes around uh, or no, sorry, the actual like e-collar part is a is a rectangle. It's called a mini educator. Got it, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it's the um ET three hundred. I don't mm -hmm. I don't know if that matters. And it's got a dial and um Usually, you know, if I'm just giving her a co correction for walking ahead of me, I do that pretty low. Um, I've used it on the highest it'll go when she's freaking out about another dog, and it it doesn't really get her to stop. Um, like I said, it just adds to the... And it's scary because the last time that I tried it was maybe last week I used the e-collar when she was really worked up about dogs, a group of three dogs that were walking across the street. Mm -hmm. um, I, I held the correction for a second and she, for the first time ever kind of was spinning around in circles and she kind of nipped at my dress. Mm. 
and and then she kind of stopped it was like she but that scared the shit out of me because she's never like turned on me and that's always been my fear with e-collar is that she's gonna figure out she already has figured out that i'm doing it Mm -hmm. and that she's gonna end up taking out the aggression on me yeah well just off the top i mean the the objective of the correction is always to teach the dog that the behavior they're doing is inappropriate it's not necessarily ever for them to not not know that it's you or even they should know that it's you but they should they should know why you're doing it that's the most important thing yeah and i feel like with the dog aggression she's it's not working it's not sending yeah the message it's just making her more aggressive and it's upsetting because i i feel like her issue with other dogs is fear-based i don't think she was a pit bull that was trained for dog fighting who's just like overtly aggressive it builds as like stress and anxiety and her wanting to go over and see the dog and then when she's prevented to doing from doing that it builds into this lunging sometimes it's straight up aggression like if it's a dog walking in front of the car when we're in the car but um yeah so that's where where i'm at and really wondering if there's another way to use the e-collar or or just how i should try to figure this out okay so when a couple things i want to explain the reason i don't know for sure but uh the reason why most dog owners deal with the this type of aggression or reactivity especially when you have like a feral um type of situation, I guess, is the dog, you know, it's a street dog or whatever. And they could be typically like dogs who are this reactive aren't that reactive when they're out living in the streets because they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily like survive that well that way. If they just went around fighting and trying to fight every Mm -hmm. dog they saw, they, they probably wouldn't make it. Right. Uh, they get hit by a car trying to do it in the in the process or something, or they would have tons of bacterial infections from being in so many dog fights all the time. You know what I mean? Like there's so many dogs yeah. out there. So typically yeah. this happens once a dog is feral or uh, lives on the streets and we bring them in and then they get overly protective of their people or and, or I should say and or they just become vulnerable because – they can't get away, right? If they live in the streets, they see a dog that they may be afraid of, they run. That's it. It's yeah. Over. And she, yeah. And she is fearful. She's skittish in general. She's afraid of cars. And that's what's also been frustrating is I'm almost positive. The first time I put a leash on her was the first time in her life she'd ever been on a leash. Like she did not understand walking on a leash. So it yeah. really does seem like about a you know a leash reactivity thing the inability to run away 100 percent. and you're right if, you, if it is a true a true feral dog that was living on the streets that's true and that's why they're afraid of cars because it's like a deer you know like if they they're afraid of yeah. humans because humans kill deer right or cars kill deer yeah. or whatever so that's the same thing as um instinctually over time dogs will be like i'm afraid of you know colonies of feral wild dogs that that's that's their nature anyway so i just wanted to explain to you a little bit about why i'm thinking this is happening um but what to do to overcome it so there's a couple things is when you have reactive dogs especially if they're they're reactive because they're fearful so if basically Mm -hmm. the reaction is stemming from fear they typically will build um so they'll build from zero to ten ten is like red line reaction and then zero is obviously calm Uh, so as they build uh, there's some exercises that you can do to dismantle the dog as they build Uh, I've talked about this many times in my videos so it's the uh, the inside turn the outside turn and the and the drawback recall those things I'll explain what those are in a second Uh, basically as you're moving forward uh, when your dog starts to go hey there's basically what happens is your dog goes hey there's a dog so their ears perk up their hackles might go up. They might start to huff and puff a little bit. So they're already targeting. They're like, hey, there's something that we should be worried about. You can correct it because at the same time, 
in conjunction with your dog physically telling you that, hey, like what what's actually happening is they're going zero, one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. They're building, right? Mm-hmm. So you can correct it because every, you know, every dog is different as, as I always say, but when you're, when the dog is starting to build, if you correct the behavior, it gives you an opportunity to snap your dog from building up from five to 10, right back down to zero. It kind of snaps them out of it. So you can say, leave it and correct them. Uh, sometimes if you correct a dog that, um, because again, if your dog actually instinctually thinks that they are under attack or they might get attacked by this other dog or that you're in danger, correct, correcting them could cause them more frustration because of many reasons. The first two biggest, and I'm kind of like going down a scale and, and separating off all these different opportun- all, all these different scenarios. But first reason could be because your dog actually feels like you guys are in danger and you're saying, hey, don't worry about it. And your dog's like, no, seriously, this is a problem. So they get pissed at you because you're telling them don't worry about it because you're controlling the situation and they're actually terrified and they're upset that you're trying to disengage the dog off of the protection. The other thing yeah. is, is they're just pissed. They're pissed about the other dog being there and they might want to go fight or they might want to go try to get the dog out of there and then you snap them and it basically detonates them. So they, they're at a mm-hmm. five, a six, they're kind of like shaking, boiling a little bit. And then you physically correct them or you use the e-collar and correct them and then it it just blows them up. So Yeah, it felt like a cattle prod. Like it just egged her on. And then I felt like it was creating an association of as soon as she sees a dog, she gets shocked. And then she's getting an association that dogs equal like pain and stress, which is the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Correct. So anytime that Anytime any type of dog training makes things worse mm-hmm. and you feel like it's not working, that's when you want to like switch gears. That's all. Yeah. So it's okay. It's normal for these things to happen. And then on top of what you just said, uh, the objective behind any correction is to clearly teach the dog that the behavior they're exhibiting is what turns on the punishment. Mm-hmm. But if they're confused by that, and, and I'll, again, dive into this again. <clears throat> if they're confused by that, then that's where things can get frustrating. So, again, it just kind of depends on how the e-collar was introduced. Because if if it's introduced in a punitive way and the dog really doesn't understand it too well, but they respond well to it for low-level distractions, meaning like if they see a squirrel and you use it and it snaps them out of it, that's one thing. Yeah. But – if it's not conditioned as a conditioning, to, like if they're using higher, what what level do you use? So typically, for for like a a squirrel, like lunging at a at a squirrel or something, a bunny, it, I'll do like a sixty. Okay. Um, like I said, I've I have used it on high, like yeah. So when you correct, when you correct a, like for the other dogs, are you using 60 and above? Yeah. Okay. That's all I needed to know. So did the, did the company teach you how to use it in any other way other than the correction or no? Um, no, I mean, I, I remember initially they said I should start at a lower correction and then each time I have to do it build. Okay. Yeah. But then when that wasn't working, they're like, okay, she's not taking it seriously. Just start at 60 or above. Okay. So, I'll, uh, okay. That's good information. It makes sense. It checks out. So it's not my job to tell you whether or not that's good or bad because it's just preference, right? It's it's very subjective. Like everybody has a different way of doing things. But if the – so what I do, what I have found to be helpful over time, like I would rarely use a 60 on like a dog. Like I, I – so when I'm conditioning the remote collar, what can happen to some dogs is they need to know, A, how to shut it off and where it's coming from. And so sometimes when the dog doesn't have a fair opportunity to shut punishment off, like if you're yelling at somebody to say, like, you're like, catch up, and you're like yelling, catch up, catch up, catch up. They're like, what are you talking? I don't know what that is, right? Yeah. You're not like, can you hand me the ketchup? They're like, oh, okay. Right, it's not fair. It's not fair, yeah. right? It's not fair, but for from a dog's perspective, 
they they don't know they don't it, it can amp them up because you're basically like you said uh it it, it amplifies the situation so you get somebody mm-hmm. that's super stressed and then you just smack them up over the head like in a really yeah. stressful situation and it just pisses them off so yeah. uh, we'll go over that in a minute there's a lot to unpack on that but when you're when you're introducing the remote caller again it's like there's so many different ways to do it but the way that i do it is I use conditioning levels and corrective levels. And it's the difference between how I'm, how you and I are speaking right now versus me yelling across a Metallica concert to you. Like my, the way that I'm speaking is going to be much different if we're in a different environment. So the way that I do it is when I use low-level stimulation, it's going to be between a 2 and a 5, sometimes a 7, and the dog barely feels it. At that point, it's not punitive, it's not corrective, it doesn't have any stress to the dog or it shouldn't. Uh, and you're using a lot of positive reinforcement in conjunction with what we call negative reinforcement. So mumbo jumbo. But what we do is we use the remote collar in conjunction with basic obedience. So let's say the place command is the bed and the sit is sit. So typically what we do, we get treats, we get a 10 foot long line, long leash, and we say, dog place and we hold the low level stimulation when the dog gets to the place command and then once they get to the place command we turn off the remote collar and then we pay them with food so the negative reinforcement so reinforcement is like reinforcing a behavior negative means we're taking something away what we're taking away is the remote collar so the remote collar shuts off and it's kind of like the ground is lava type thing and then when they get there you use positive reinforcement and then you pay them they go oh ding so when they feel that okay. pressure, they know how to shut it off. They're like, when this pressure turns on, I need to be doing something. So you do about, for me and my clients, we do that for about a week and a half to two weeks. And we just teach the dog how to shut the remote collar off. And when I say how to shut it off, it's not a negative thing by any means. It's not a punitive thing by any means. It just teaches them how to what that, what that means. Um, so we're pairing that with positive reinforcement. So the dog goes, okay, when this stimulation turns on, it's you, the handler, because you're using it and it's low enough levels where I understand it. So you're basically teaching the dog, the fundamentals and the foundation of what the e-collar means that way. When let's say you go out and he starts, he or she starts to build a dog starts to build on another dog and we say, leave it. And we're, conditioning at a five which means the dog understands registers and listens really well in a non-corrective way to a five great so we go from a five now what is a corrective level from a five it's it's going to be like a 15 a 20 right if we went from a five to a 60 the dog's going to be like holy shit what is this so so the way that i usually develop it is low level stimulation and then if i ever needed to use the correction from the remote collar which you do that's the reason why we do it this way when we use it they know how to shut it off but in your case in my experience if you introduce the remote collar in a punitive way with now this is the key part here there's some dogs out there that are like super confident hard-headed like, give me the ball. I don't care. And the punitive introduction to the remote collar could not phase them and it could blend them in really nicely and they can follow through and everything's gravy. But if you get a dog like yours, who's sensitive, insecure, fearful, feral, has never lived in a domestic life, right? Like a domesticated life, you have to do it much, much different. Because what's probably happening is is they introduce it in a punitive way, which means if the dog doesn't listen, they get corrected. But the problem is, is that they don't understand where the e-collar is coming from and how to shut it off. That's a, it, it proves your point of it could make your dog seeing other dogs a bad experience versus I messed up. Does that yeah, make, I'm that really, sense? Yeah, and I'm relieved to hear all of this because I – I like hate the e-collar. Like I, it's upsetting. I feel like a neurotic, you know, mother of like, I'm using this thing. It's not working. It's stressing me out. It's stressing her out. I've always felt like it's too strong. And when we're inside and like, I've ever used it in the house 
anything above 10, she's like jumping out of her skin. Exactly. Like it's, it's too much. So, exactly. and when the trainer said like, oh, you know, 16 above, I was like, this is insane. Like she, you know, and she's jumping forward and like, it's, so then would I, at the, the correcting level, like you said, or, or going from conditioning to correcting when I, if we were approaching a dog and I said, leave it, would I be pressing it on five and I would only release it if she, no, if she stopped, I wouldn't, Okay, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be working on this right, right now. Um, I, I would be kind of taking a step back from the remote collar a little bit and working on something else, which I'm going to go over with you. I have a couple of different options, but essentially what you want to do with your, with your dog is probably a little bit more because, because I mean, I'm just kind of envisioning this scenario happening. Your dog's like, holy shit, there's a dog, mom, what do we do? I'm going to react. And then you're like, wham. And the dog's like, ah, this sucks. And it's just, it sucks. So I would recommend kind of shelving the remote collar a little bit. And okay, that's pretty much yeah what I've been doing in the past week because yeah last week was oh, it's just not working scary it's just not working yeah. right and and yeah and it doesn't matter for me anyway like I'm really about what works uh, of course this kind of goes without saying ethically humanely etc but uh but there's a spectrum of working it's like this isn't working and it just sucks and it just like isn't working or this isn't working and it's making it worse but either way if it falls yeah. under the category of this isn't working. Rather, it's like just not useful and helpful or it's making things worse. You just shelf it. Now, most times, including this conversation, dog owners are just doing it wrong, right? So it's not necessarily, oh, the e-collar sucks or the prong collar sucks, the harness sucks or the generator sucks or whatever. It's just what you're doing is mm, maybe not what it's supposed to be intended to be used for. And this this happens often. So, okay. So what I would do, is wherever the so when the dog is out and you're how is your obedience in general like do you have heel leave it down stay what do you have um so we the dog training place didn't teach they don't do heel so she's very she's pretty good with come and that's what that command is what i use if she starts getting a little bit ahead of me i can say come and she'll kind of come back to my side she's really good at sitting um even outside, that's no problem. Um, I'd say that's it. That's okay. really the so commands we have. What do you, what do you, how do you get her to walk next to you then? Um, it's typically like, well, that's where the e-collar has been successful is she will for the most part walk next to me and sometimes it's like she kind of forgets or she sees something and she starts walking a little bit ahead and then I'll do a correction at a lower level as a reminder and I'll say no and do the correction and then say come and she'll come back to my side okay um but that's another thing that I've been Okay. Feeling like, is it realistic to have her walking next to me no. the entire walk? No, no, it's not. It's yeah. it's not only not realistic, but it's not fair for either of you. Because right. getting a dog to heal next to you forever and always outside is, it's like telling a kid they can never have recess. Right. It's, yeah, it's not fair. It's not fair. And it's, and, and you're not going to, the frustration that's created mm-hmm. will, it's damaging, right? So, yeah. And that's in the, and I would say fairly and professionally, that's not just my opinion. I don't think I don't think ninety nine other percent of dog trainers out there would ever say like, oh yeah, no, your dog should always be in a heel no matter what. Like that's crazy. So anyway, yeah. okay, because that makes okay. Um, it sucks that you had to go down this path, but I'm happy that we're talking. It's frustrating for me to hear, but I'm happy that we're here. So. When you're out, I kind of – I don't know how much you know about me and what you've watched or whatever, but I specialize in behavior modification specifically with uh, leash reactive dogs. That's like my bread and butter. So when you go out, 
something that's been really, really helpful. There's two things that have been really, really helpful without the means of any corrections. Corrections are great. They're they're definitely necessary. They're part of life. We have to have them. We have to have rules. Uh, if we didn't have rules, things would be anarchy and it wouldn't be good. But um, so when you go out with your dog, some one of the amazing ways I've, I've helped dogs uh, decrease their reactivity is just using basic obedience to counter. So this means, okay, when you tell your dog to heal, traditionally it's the dog walking at your heels on a loose leash. And then when you say break or free, or some people use other words, it's like, okay, now you can be a dog. So if I'm out with my dog and I say heel, she's right next to me. She's walking right at my heels. If I say break, boom, she can be anywhere she wants within reason. Okay. Just like on recess, like you can go on recess and, you know, play kickball and scream and yell, but you can't hit Timmy with a rock. There's rules still on break. So when you're in a heel, that's what that means. And so a lot of times I've been able to deescalate or completely diminish leash reactivity with basic obedience. So let's say your dog's at your left side and you say, hey, dog, heel, and then you move forward. And then let's say you see a dog coming on the other side of the road and your dog starts to get worked up. Correcting your dog for pulling is more fair in that equation because they're breaking their heel versus just correcting them for instinctually, in your case with a feral dog, just reacting like, hey, there's shit, there's a dog, what do we do? Yeah. So it's a more fair correction. They're they're out of line. They're stepping over you, but you have to – the important thing here is they have to know, they have to know fundamentally – what heel is. So there's all these different pillars of dog training and like the develop, it's like layers, right? You have to have all these layers in place and every layer has a different spectrum of like intermediate, beginner and advanced. So as you're going through this, uh, just, uh, so I call it inside outside turns. So if your dog's on your left side and you're walking and you take your left leg and then you cut your dog off and go 180, you're going right. to be walking away from the other dog. So what that does really quickly is as the dog is building mentally and physically, seeing the dog huffing and puffing, getting stimulated, wherever the head goes, the mind will typically follow. So if you're going forward and you see a dog, you're just – so this is what I call constructive avoidance. So in constructive avoidance is like going home, like literally turning around and going home. Now that's not necessarily like a terrible idea if there's tons of off-leash dogs running around but it's not really mm-hmm. going to help you. So constructive avoidance is doing an inside turn, going 180 for five steps, and then coming back. And what that does okay. is as a dog starts, and I've done this for a long time, and I've done studies of it with my personal clients, and it works really well because the dog builds like a simmering pot of water. Is At first, it's not hot. Then it gets lukewarm, and then it gets medium warm, and then it just boils over. So as your dog starts, and this happens with seconds with dogs, As you're Mm -hmm. out for a walk, your dog can start to simmer, sees a dog, starts to perk up, and then you do an inside turn and you remove the dog from the heat. And it immediately goes, typically. And so what you can do, um, but but again, your dog has to know heel. And that's where you, that's, that's gonna, that's something that you have to work on. Um, You don't, like, you can go out and do this tonight. It's just not gonna be as impactful as if your dog did know heel. Yeah. And in watching your videos over the past like two weeks, that's something I realized is we need to start with that because she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't know that command. And then, as you said, it's easier to correct, you know, see a dog in a distance, say heel. She knows that. And then the correction is based on her breaking Mm -hmm. the box of heel. And we, yeah. And so, but then with the inside turn, like if you do five steps the other direction and then we turn around again, and she just starts to build again, do you just turn around again and keep, because the dog is coming towards us. So right. we're, yeah. yeah. It, it depends on how severe it is. And this is why it's, it's kind it's hard uh, to not do it in person, but it depends on how severe it is because some dogs will deactivate and be like, ah, whatever. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. a dog again. And, and so it loses its value almost because typically when dogs have, when people have reactive dogs, they just go right for the target. They just keep walking. They don't diverge. Yeah. They don't cut. They don't stop. They don't go back the other way. 
they just say, you know, screw it. We're in, like, we're, we're, we're going right for immortal here. We're going right for hell. So, so it depends on how it is because yeah, definitely. And it also depends on what the other dog is doing. Cause that plays a huge role. Well, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but I'm just, this is just one thing, right. To add to your okay. mix, but just understanding that your, your basic communication skills is essentially your, your obedience, right? So your ability to fundamentally like communicate with your dog is your basic obedience. And if you don't have basic OB, it's hard to like, again, it's like a kid throwing a tantrum. Like if you can't say like, Hey, what's like, if they don't understand what you're trying to communicate and in their hysteria, you're, it's just going to make things worse. You can't, you can't de-escalate anything because you can't communicate. So if you have a dog that's feral living on the streets and all of a sudden they go ping and they're at red and you can't say, leave it, heal with me down, whatever, it's really difficult to dismantle this process. But the inside turn is one, like just one thing out of like eight things that have been really successful for me. But just remember like as the dog, it's kind of like the way that I've been explaining it to people recently is like getting into a cold plunge where like in at first it's really like the dog oh god oh oh," and you're like hey i'm gonna teach you how to be in this moment i'm gonna teach you how to handle this and that's kind of like Mm -hmm. your objective the only problem is is if you can't control the temperature right if you know like hey this is 30 degrees and it sucks and but it's not going to change you'll learn how to adapt and to deal with it but if somebody's like, oh, now it's 20, you're like, okay. Meaning if the other dog on the other road is on a flexi, barking, spinning, lunging, growling, and then gets off leash, these are things that you have to kind of go into like escape mode. But anyway, so just understanding that your objective is to try to figure out what can help your dog be more comfortable in this scenario. But if you you don't give them any information, they're just going to do – like that's what you're doing is you're going into it. Your dog's like, this sucks. And then you slam them with a correction they don't really understand and you're making it worse. So I think you're going to see, and it's, I say this in a, in a weird way, but excuse me, it's, it's kind of good that you're in this situation because you can really only go up from here. I mean, up from here in a good way. Like things are only going to get better from here because you're just kind of doing everything that you shouldn't. So that's, (laughs) I don't, I don't mean to, you know, poke at you, but it's like, you're going to see a lot, you're going to see a bigger difference now because it's like, you're not doing the things that you should be doing. So that's a good thing. So that inside yeah. turn, it, try that. And okay. um, how, what's your dog's motivation? Like, what do they love? She's definitely food motivated um, completely. Like it, and it's funny if I bring a toy outside, she doesn't, she won't play with it. Okay. Cause I know you said like when she gets really worked up and stimulated, she'll like take the food, but she takes it kind of rough. Yeah. That's if she's like really, really like in the throes of a tantrum essentially. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's good. Cause that, that motivation is helpful, um, to use in this situation because what I typically do, here's what I would recommend. There's kind of rolling into like, okay, what can we do tonight or tomorrow? What I would do is fast your dog a meal. So if the, if she eats like AM PM, um, like tonight, mm-hmm. if you wanted to work on this or tomorrow morning or whatever you had time, it would be a fasted meal. So you're not getting dinner. You're not getting breakfast or whatever. Does she okay. eat kibble? Yeah. Okay. So I would get something higher reward than kibble. Uh, so mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's like super easy to just get chicken. Like I just bake chicken, boil it, whatever. Or you can just use whatever she, if she's super food motivated, just use anything that she loves. But what I do is yeah. like, okay, I'm out for, um, I'm out for a walk because you can still, you can still try to keep your dog in a heel without them knowing it just through basic body handling. But obviously it's going to be super helpful when you say heel, she knows what it is. Mm-hmm. obviously. So you, you're, you're walking down the street. There's another dog. Okay. So she starts to build and what you need to be doing, first of all, is like, take a step back, making sure all your, this is, this is my recommendation. This isn't something that I want you to do. what's comfortable with you, but this is my recommendation. Take all okay. your leash, put it in your left mm-hmm. hand, keep your mm-hmm. dog on your left side. Yeah, Put, she's she always is on the left. Yeah. Perfect. Put your arm down, look forward, and remember to breathe. 
the reason why I'm saying these key things is because this is what people forget to do. They mm-hmm. take the leash, they wrap it around one wrist, they wrap it around the other wrist, they hold it up tight, they look at their dog and they go, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm not saying you do that, but most people do a slice of that in one way, shape, or form. So the perfect yeah. perfect handling style, leash in the left hand, shoulders, chest forward, eyes are looking forward, heel, you move forward, she start, She sees a dog, she smells a dog, she hears a dog, she's going to start to get amped up. You're going to take your left leg, you're going to swing it, and you're going to go 180 the other way. If she turns to you and commits, pay her verbally immediately, and then reinforce with food. So if you're using a treat pouch, just put it on your right side or your left side. Okay. I guess it doesn't matter. I typically go right and then I cross like I cross body over and pay her because I want right. her to be focused on me, not the food. And if she doesn't, like say she's looking back a couple times, just keep walking until she engages with you. Don't okay. don't go fast though. Everyone goes like a hundred miles per hour. Just go slow. There's no reason to go fast. In, yeah. Inside turn, heel, walk forward. If she goes, if she just takes all of her attention and shifts it to you, pay her. Boom, she gets paid. Okay. What you could do is uh, scatter feed her, which is also really helpful for re- for reactive dogs. Is you basically take that like clump of kibble or clump of treats or whatever. Don't make them big. Make her like sniff and work for it. You crumple them mm-hmm. up. You 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 basically take your hands and your fingers and you flash her the food, and you throw it on the ground or in the grass, and she works for okay. it. Okay, and that's your break. Okay, so you say break. Okay. that's your release. Two things, three things. It pays her for engaging into you when she knows there's another dog, because she's she's transferring motives. So she sees the dog and she's like, "That's what I'm interested in." You say. Hey, look what I got. She goes, never mind. I'm interested in you. You go, boom, perfect. You get paid. The moment you change your direction towards me and your engagement towards me, you get paid. I'm going to pay that every time. Okay. And the objective is, of course, when you're out and you say, hey, because you can start marking it, like look at me or whatever. I, I I just came out with this new treat pouch that has a squeaker in it. So I kind of use it for reactive dogs like a clicker. So I'll squeak. Okay. And, if, and if they look at me, I pay them. So it's a okay. perfect opportunity when you're out and you're working with reactive dogs if they start to build and you squeak and then pay you kind of use that as a like a preloading marker for food so if your dog okay. is super motivated and they start to build they go hey what's that over there squeak oh never mind what's this what do you got mom what do you got for me boom pay so it takes it takes all of that energy because oftentimes dogs who are reactive specifically leash reactive fearfully leash reactive they don't want to be so if you go yeah. hey i got steak i got chicken they're like hell yeah let's do that instead. So anyway, you can scatter feed, but at the same time, you're going to go break. And this is super simple. So I'm going to put all that together. Go out for a walk. She's on your left side. You're cool, relaxed, calm, confident. She sees a dog. Inside turn, heel. You start walking. She looks at you as you turn. Yes, good girl. You pay her. If she's super engaged, this is where I call it sticky you want her to get sticky with you, which means she doesn't want to look away. She doesn't want to, she's not interested in anything else. She's kind of stuck on you. If you yeah. have that, build it out. Keep walking away from the dog, pay her, pay her, pay her, break. And then, and this is all 15 seconds. It's not a long time at all. And because she okay. doesn't have a break, the way to introduce it is very simple with the scatter feeding. You take a piece of food, you can take one piece, you can take a crumple, you can take crumbs and you say break and you just throw it on the ground and she just muscle memory will start going away from you when you say break and you allow her okay. to and then what you do is you you do your inside heel and you do it again um and this is where it's like it's like dancing it's really hard to it's really hard unless you kind of do it it's like it's it, it's, yeah. it's kind of a groove so what i would do next as I would say, wow, that was amazing. She was on me. She liked the food. She was interested in it. I gave her a very less, a, a significantly less stress opportunity to disengage from a dog by doing something with me and she got paid for it. So then mm-hmm. what I would do is I would like go right back towards the dog if the other dog is fenced in or walking. This is really, this is really easy to do if you have like a dog that's in a fence because the dog is just going to stay there and you know it's in a cube and you're like, okay, I can 
that's a controlled environment. Perfect. Or maybe a dog okay. that's like barking out of a house window or something. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But then you go right back. So you literally like, yep, let's go back to the flame. Like let's, let's hit it again. And you start, you start to walk and um, you, you do your disengagement. So this time you might go inside, walk one, two, good heel, three, four, and then right back another inside turn back towards the dog and then one, two, three, four, and then you pay the dog and you just switch it up. And this will keep her guessing to what you're going to do. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. And this is all this is all information that you can do. T- I'm thinking about you doing this tonight or tomorrow. I'm like, this is something that you can do tonight or tomorrow. Um, now, if at any point that what kind of so are you just using like a flat collar and a and a an e collar? No, her collar is a like a plastic prong collar. Okay, like a plastic pinch. That's fine. Um, do you feel like? she responds decent to it? Um, it's more just like helps her pull less. Um, I also had a, a slip collar, mm-hmm. um, but it's fabric and I've stopped using it cause it, it seems like it's not holding as taut. Like I need yeah. to get a new one. That's not, um, fabric. Yeah. I think she's that just ability to, to like pull quickly was, yeah, I think she's too. She understood that. Yeah. I think she's too. I think she's too strong for that. I would. I would recommend just staying on the plastic pinch. I think that that's going to be okay. A good. A good. Happy medium between a slip and a prong. Uh, the okay. prong is basically like the most power steering you can get, but you have to be yeah. careful when you're using a prong collar with a dog that redirects because it could, mm-hmm. you know, piss the dog off. So yeah, plastic pinch is fine. Stay with that. Just make sure okay. it's nice and snug behind her ears. Don't it can't be loose. It can't be hanging down. It's got to be snug right behind her ears. Uh, if it's not, take a link or two out to make sure it is snug. Okay. Yeah, I need to take a. It's it's. Yeah, it's not right behind her ears. It's farther down her neck, so I should take off mm-hmm. a, a wing from it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Do that. Okay. Um, yes. Super. Because literally that's the difference between putting gas in your car or not. It's like, is it running? No. Okay. Do you put gas in it? No. Okay. That's why like the, that collar will not work unless it's fit properly. It just won't work. Okay. So another, another, Hey, you're doing it wrong. Great. (laughs) Because again, you're going to see a huge difference with like, Hey, put gas in it. Oh yeah. It runs. It starts. Yep. That's yeah. That's rule number one. So just make okay. sure that that is right behind your ears. Um, those are kind of tricky. If you're sweating, you're doing it wrong. So try not to like overpower it. You literally, when you're holding the plastic pinch, you're going to take one piece and you're just going to tip it to the side. Like you're going to tip it like to the left or the right and it'll pop out and you take it off that okay. way. Uh, there's probably YouTube. I haven't done it, but there's probably somebody who has on YouTube. Um, yeah. So, you know, always lean on that. Okay. So that's going to be really helpful because the other thing that like, okay, so more long-term, okay, what's today? It's Wednesday. So let's say by Saturday, you should be doing this. So, or you should be completed with this. So what you should be doing is this is where the tune-up comes in. So this is another like exercise. I just created a dog reactivity course. It hasn't launched yet, but I just did all the curriculum for it. So this is like the the pillars of what's been helpful to me. And this tune-up okay. is super helpful. So the tune-up is basically another word for calibration uh, I've been using. So like getting the dog engaged with you, sticky with you. So you already you kind of when you watched my videos you already said like okay correcting my dog for not healing is more fair and makes more sense than just correcting my dog out of context for something that she thinks that she's doing is good right so you you get that which is amazing so the 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 other tune up is be, before you go out and work on this you should be doing those inside turns without the other dog i forgot to tell you that so make sure that you're not doing those inside turns when you see another dog Practice it throughout the walk. Yeah. Okay. Because she'll cue on yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. She'll go, oh, we're and turning. I, There's a dog. And you don't want that. You want right. to randomize yeah. it. I've been using the inside turns also just to kind of 
when I feel like she's starting to get ahead of me a little bit, just to do a little reset of like walking next to me because I don't have the heel command, but I would like to, I mean, do you think I can teach? I, there's no reason why I can't teach her heel now. No, you can. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. And I should start that in the house, right? Like have her walk next to me and, and that teach heel from inside yes. or should I start? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Start. I mean, depends on what your house is like and what your neighborhood and everything is. You know, it's, that's the thing is like, I say yes, but like <laughs> some houses are like, you might as well go outside, you know? So yes, if you yeah. have a nice common inside, you can practice in a hallway. Yes. But, um, and then go to the, go to the garage, go to the basement, go to the, um, the driveway, go to the parking lot, depending on where you live. Right. And then, mm-hmm. And then you start working in more realistic scenarios and you start copying, pasting those into more realistic situations. But yeah. The, but the, okay. Yeah. The tune up is something you can do inside too. And so, so essentially what you're going right. to do is you're going to dog heel and you go forward and then you, you're going to do an outside turn. So the outside turn is the other way. So your dog is on your left. You're taking your right shoulder and you're turning away from the dog outside. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you say heel, and you'll see me do this in most of my videos. We haven't put them in recently just because it's like so mundane for people probably at this point, but you turn and you go the other way and you say heel, and if the dog continues to walk without you, you pop. Yep. If they turn okay. with you, yes, good heel. Okay. You will get the yes, good heel regardless if, if you have to pop or not because that's what teaches the dog to stay with you. So what then ends up happening is, especially for insecure dogs, is they're more concerned with staying next to you because they don't want to get corrected and, importantly, and they're getting paid by you. So it's that double thing, right, of balance. That's the world that we live in of balance. Like we need that. So you're going to come out. She's on your left. You're going to say heel. You're going to turn your right shoulder. You're going to go the other way. And if she's kind of like in la-la land, like, yeah, okay. Because the point is, is like, hey, man, you got to pay attention to me. This isn't your world. This is my world. You're a dog. I'm a human. You're insecure because you, you're you in the driver's seat. I need to put you in the back seat right now. I need to take right. control right now. Stop making decisions because you're making bad decisions, making our life stressful. You turn. You go the other way. And she goes, yeah, okay. See you later, mom. Boom. She gets corrected. Nope. With me. So then she, okay. she what she'll do is she'll go, holy shit. And she'll come up next to you. And then you go, yes, good heel. And then you pay her. Okay. And then you do it again and you turn and you say heel. I've never in my career that I can remember had a dog go past three turns and not be right on me. Never. They've okay. always been like, yep, got it. I'm with you. So then what ends up happening? So now you have this inside turn, which she gets because we just talked about it. And then now you have this outside turn. And then now you have two things that you can work with. So you go out. You go for your heel and you do an outside turn and she hurries up with you. Yes, good heel. And then you do an, an inside turn and she bumps against your leg and then you're continuing to, excuse me, change directions. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're keeping her guessing. You're like, which way are you going to go? So everything else around her disappears because she's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get in trouble, but I also want to get paid because mom has food, blah, 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 blah. And if she's a real reactive dog out of fear, it'll go away. She's like, oh my God, this is so much better. A, you know what you're doing. Thank God. B, you're giving me something to do. Right now, from what you've told me in context, it's like right now you're going out with the e-caller. She reacts. You nail her. She screams. She gets pissed. She goes more crazy. And you hang on until you pass the dog. Yeah. And that's – there's – it's hard for you to for you or the dog to be successful in that situation. So those are two things. Inside turn, outside turn. Practice both of those things before you apply them in reality. Okay. Makes sense? Yep. Okay. The other great thing is the drawback recall. Same thing. You're just drawing back. So mm-hmm. what you do is you go heel again. You go forward. You, you stop in like a quarterback in football. You just draw back. You go come and you start backpedaling, not fast. You just say, hey, I'm going this way. It's basically like the outside turn, but you're facing the dog. And what this does right. for dogs who are a little bit more sensitive is when they turn, they're facing you. 
and you're like, yay, and you're you're kind of walking backwards, encouraging them, and then you're paying them, paying them with food, and they're like, wow, this is great. So if your dog does well with that, what you'll see with like a trained dog, I'm just thinking like a pit bulls are my favorite dogs to train outside of pit bulls or labs. If I go forward with a pit bull or a lab, and I just draw, mm-hmm. they can hear me cutting back. Like they can hear the sand with my shoes cutting back. They just jump up in the air and their tail starts and they just hit me. And they're like, yes, we're, we're doing it. And so, okay. yeah, it's really fun to do for the dog. And then again, the dog passes and then you move on and that's it. So those three things are super helpful. Again, I've... What do you mean they pass? The dog the passes? Other, so, okay. So if you do that... In, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So while you're doing this... And your dog's like, this is mm-hmm. great. We're working together. I'm getting paid. You're you're communicating with me, blah, blah, blah. The other dog's gone. So like, that's it. You're like, okay, great. Now, here's the thing. That would be, again, like constructive avoidance. And the objective throughout this process is to teach your dog that. It, so what you're essentially doing is when the other dog is present and around, you have an opportunity to give the dog a purpose. So instead of protect, and this is air quotes, instead of protect me and kill the other dog and get the other people away and all the scary things that happen, here's what I want you to do alternatively. But if you just okay. go out and just expect your fearful dog that's living on the streets to make a good decision about this dog that they don't know, no, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, but if you're like, hey, let's yeah. do this. Hey, let's do that. Hey, listen up. You know better. Like, let's do this. And, and you have all of that. The other dog passes. And the goal for you is to build that confidence. So then what you start doing is here's what I do is let's say that works great. Usually it does. Sometimes dogs will like, you got to catch them, right? So if you're, if you are physically in front of me, I can show you really quickly. Like once your dog starts to like, look at the other dog, you go right into heel, you break it up. Nope. We're going this way instead. So you don't let them build. You don't let that opportunity fester. You just keep them moving, keep them active. And what Mm -hmm. ends up happening is, and I've done this time and time and time and time and time again, is I'll do that drawback recall. And I'll just, so there's a dog walking in parallel and then we're walking towards the dog and all of a sudden I'll draw back, come. The dog turns around, comes to me. They sit in front of me and I use a little bit of food and I pay him. Now they're looking up at me, licking their chops, waiting and anticipating that next piece of food because they're sitting in front of me beautifully. The other dog is walking by at the same time. They look over. I wait. I don't correct. I don't say anything. I just wait. And nine times out of 10, the dog looks at the other dog looks back at me, boom, they get paid and they learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the alternative is like, and you pay them for that eye contact the second time. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. You get it. What you don't want to do is say like, Hey, here's a stash of candy. Chew on this while the dog passes because that doesn't. So what it may be helpful. And I'm not saying that that's never appropriate. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is, is it never helps the dog emotionally deal with the problem. Right. They don't know how to overcome it. Because the problem with that is you have to do that for the rest of the dog's life because they don't know how to deal with it. The way that I explained yeah. to you with my personal experience over the decade is the dog learns how to deal with it. So that way you don't have to do any of that. They just pass the dog. And then they look at you and okay. they go, are you going to pay? And that's it. So that's the first, I mean, I know we're almost out of time, but like, that's where you need to start the remote, the remote collar is beautiful and it's an amazing tool. And I've utilized it for years to change dogs lives, but there's just certain ways that you don't want to do it with the dog that you have. And I say that because I'm trying to be fair towards other people like, They'll they'll just use like the e-collar like they did with your dog on like a really confident, like you can't really get to me type of dog and it works perfect. And you'll never even notice that the dog was corrected with the e-collar ever. But if you take that same, so that's the point is like you train a very confident, genetically like perfect dog to like listen to everything that you want. And then you try to take that training and apply it to a feral, insecure, fearful street dog. It's not going to work. It doesn't make any sense. It's like taking fifth yeah. grade curriculum and teaching it to a first grader and saying, hey, this is what we're learning about this today. And they're like, what's this? You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that, no, so, it's too strong. And I mean, she's a pit bull, but she's, she's 
little. She weighs 50 pounds now, and like she's got tiny little weight. You know, she's not a beast. Like she's strong, but she's yeah, she's little and she's fearful. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just it's just about like their mental state of mind more than anything. So yeah, yeah. Um. So my recommendation, um, is the e collar is great, uh, but. I wouldn't be using it the way that you have. If you want to introduce it in another way that makes sense, you can reintroduce it. My biggest, best suggestion, I have an e-collar course. I also have tons of free e-collar introduction videos. Um, The e-collar course, just so you know, is a course that was developed fully with a dog that has never used the e-collar to an off-leash dog. So we did it from that, you know, that, that same dog all the way until they were off-leash trained. Okay. The e-collar free stuff that you'll see on YouTube, because I still like I care about people knowing how to do it right, even though there's not a paywall mm-hmm. there, I still care. Is how to do it. It's just it's just not as comprehensive. It's not as in depth. It's not as it's not as like tutorial based as far as like education. Like that one is like a two and a half hour course, I think, and we filmed it okay. for like twelve hours. And then the e-collar video online is a ten minute video. <laughs> So, but, but listen, you can watch them and millions of people all over the world every month train their dogs just for those free videos. So I know you can do it. It's just, if you want to like pay the extra money, you can definitely kind of streamline that. Um, because the collar that you have is an, is a decent collar. It's fine. Like most people get a shitty collar and then they introduce the e-collar in a shitty way. And then it's like a double whammy. The e-collar you have is fine. So you don't have to, you don't have to pay any money for that. But if you wanted to deep dive into e-collar introduction, you could do it. Okay. Um, I would just say why we have time is, did you say that you use the vibration or no? I have the, they didn't ever like teach that, but I have used that um, with some success when she's getting out of a heel position. I'll just do the vibrate and say no. And it's like, it gets her attention and yeah. she comes back. Cause sometimes that's a great opportunity for you to decrease that build as well. So let's say, okay. If she if she goes from zero to ten really quick, like she is now, mm-hmm. if you if you do your new protocols with handling and disengagement, dismantlement, she might be it might take her longer to get to a certain spot. So instead of going zero to ten, she goes zero to five, and then you use the pager to decrease that. Leave it, boom. Because I still corrections are still a really big piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you've just only focused on corrections, and you've you've missed the. The foundation you're like yeah i want to pick yeah. out the shutters i'm like lady you don't even have a you don't have a lot yet <laughs> you know what i mean it's like we gotta we gotta yeah. start here first we gotta build this house first and then you can worry about like some of those more finer details but i think right okay. now like the correction is huge it still plays a role but because she's redirective and it kind of frustrates her even more the reason why it's frustrating her is because she doesn't know what else to do alternatively so right because and the other thing is too is everyone knows how to correct a dog. I don't have to teach anybody how to correct a dog, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Um. So what I do need to teach people though is how to do it right and how to do it on time and fairly, and then also all the things of why we even should be correcting a dog. Like why does it make it fair? And that's what she's lacking. She just doesn't know what else to do. Right. So, anyway. Okay. Any questions? Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, do you think the vibrate would be good to try to use when we're inside a car and she's losing her mind? Like, yes. Um, yes. The only problem is, is once the vibrate kind of loses its power, like meaning like if you Mm -hmm. use the vibrate and she's like, "Mm, that's all you got, then you kind of screwed. My suggestion for the car is a lot of people like the way that you're looking at it is, is you're driving, she barks in the car and it sucks. The way that it actually is in dog training format is she's barking in the car but it's an off-leash training scenario so if you haven't Mm -hmm. done like really extensive off-leash work and i know that you may have maybe with the e-collar in the past but it hasn't in my opinion been done fairly my point is is get go to a parking lot a busy area get into the back of the car with her and start working on corrections with you with her with your physical corrections Start okay, there with physical corrections. Being your leash, with- your leash, your leash, your leash. Okay, just like pop, like yeah, kind yeah. of pulling on Le- it. Just popping. Okay. Don't pull. Pull won't do anything. Yeah. If you pull, you'll the- you'll just back her up like a horse. Like you right. pull back, they go back. That's that's yeah. okay. If that's what you want to do, but you're trying to hey snap her out of it. Hey, leave it. Okay. No. So go to a semi busy place. Get into the back with her because right now. 
and again, but again, to be to be fair, it, the other thing I, I have to mention is a lot of dogs who are fearfully, insecurely reactive. Mm-hmm. Once you start developing a good foundation, you automatically self-correct all the reasons why your dog is reactive in the first place. The rea- yeah, that's. I think that too. Like if we improve outside, she'll probably freak out less in the car because yes. she'll just have a better understanding yes. of like what dogs in the world yes. mean. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like the recycle symbol. It just goes into each other constantly, like this right. infinity loop, right? The reason why okay. your dog is reactive is because you don't have a good relationship because you don't have foundation. And the, and then the reason yeah. why you don't, you know, and it just keeps circling. So yeah. just make sure you, so work on your relationship, work on your basics, work on your communication, then start mm-hmm. building up. Okay. And really quick to teach her heal. That's just like starting at my house is, or my apartment's like a railroad. So it actually works well in to start inside, but I just, you know, keep her or start walking next to have her walk next to me and I say heal. And I'm just not sure how to yeah. teach. So, that. yeah, yeah. So, so what you'll do is you'll, when you're, when you're working on the heal command, you do it in segments, right? So you'll go heal from uh, A to B. A to B is literally one step to five steps. So you'll okay. use your leash for direction. So you do it inside mm-hmm. and you, you can do it against a wall. You go heal, you move forward to a one, two, three, four. Okay, break. And then you break her. And then you take your food okay. or your ball or your tug and you throw it in front of her and you say break. Um, okay. And then you continue to push that out. So then, so again, it's like, it's like running, right? You're like, okay, I've never ran before. So today I'm going to do half a mile. The next day, more than that. The next day, more than that. And that's how you continue to build that out. Um, okay. And you just use your leash. And so if she, a, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Is there a correction? Like if yes. she breaks the yes. heel? Okay. Yes. So that's, that's what I was going to say. When she crosses your leg, that's where you, mm-hmm. you I do like a, what I call a verbal, like corrective cue. Uh-uh, which is like, okay. this is a preemptive of like, a cor- uh-uh means step back too far. Kind of like a kid. Like, no, no, uh-uh, no, 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 don't do it. Yeah. Right. That sort of thing. She crosses your leg and you correct her. You pop her. Okay. Um, yeah. And just use your plastic pinch for that. But pop back. Don't pop up. And don't pull. Pop. You're basically okay, trying so to like, say, bam, wrong. Bam, wrong. Okay. Yeah. So popping back. Snap. Like you pull, you like tug it quickly backwards. Yes. Yes. Okay. Like you would try to okay. pull something, like a carpet underneath something. You'd snap it back. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for all of this. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I think that the foundations are going to be where we're going to start. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. And and then, you know, yeah, you're welcome. Not for nothing. Like in the future, um, I think we've, we've definitely got a good, uh, start here. And in the future, if you obviously like the training camp that you use, um, wasn't as helpful as maybe you would hope for. Um, and that has nothing to do with me at all. I'm just saying like in the future, if you want like a second round we could always do this again or you can join we have the no bad dog member club which is basically like my personal training team and you pay like 40 40 bucks a month okay and you can talk you can interact with them you can send them videos you can send them pictures like hey is this the correction is this the pop did i size this right am i doing this right and they'll be able to reinforce all the things that we talked about which is really helpful and it saves you money yeah so okay just so you know okay well that's awesome thank you very much you're welcome have a good night You too. Thank you. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.